And we are the Boo Crew. Welcome to episode 224. Here's a Boo Crew Fright Pack. 2021's Godzilla vs. Kong earned over $122 million during its opening weekend sales. The biggest opening of a movie released during the pandemic. This was the first film in 59 years to feature both King Kong and Godzilla after King Kong vs. Godzilla in 1963. This time around, you are joined by acclaimed actor and martial artist Joe Taslim. At time of release, his extremely gory and fun new film, Mortal Kombat, is in theaters and HBO Max now. He'll tell you all about bringing to life the iconic video game villain Sub-Zero. The art of putting the viewer in the middle of the action when it comes to immersive and intense fight sequences. The incredible horror films of Indonesia and so much more. Episode 224 starts now. Get over here! The Boo Crew dusts a fright flick off the shelf for... Ah! Horror Homework. All right, we're going to go around the room and around the world wide web. We haven't done this in a while. All the way out to Leo in beautiful downtown Eagle Rock! And this time around, <laughs> we're just going to catch yes. up and talk about some flicks that the three of us and you listening may have checked out or perhaps some things you want to check out. It's been an extremely busy and prolific time for the horror community and film releases, hasn't it been? Oh my gosh, it's been insane. Amazing. There's just so much good stuff coming out. It's, it's hard to keep up. What do you think it is, Leo? What's in the water? Uh, you know, well, that's the thing. It's not the water. And you, maybe for a couple titles here and there, you could say, okay, it was a pandemic, right? But a lot of the stuff was already in the works or planned, you know, and maybe even a couple years or five years. But for whatever perfect storm, it just all has been coming together for all these filmmakers. And there's a lot of good releases coming out. And I mean, we're going through a pretty awesome horror renaissance right now so it's like i mean come on we're not gonna complain right it's just good content left and right it's non-stop yeah. man and as theaters yeah. begin to slowly open there's been um a lot of things in the cinema from ben wheatley's in the earth which we just covered on the last episode which is oh yeah insane bloody disgusting and dark stars honeydew oh gosh i love honeydew yes such a cool surprise if you have not seen honeydew yet it abolishes all rules. It exists in its own wavelength. It's very gutsy. It pulls no punches, takes all the chances it needs to, and, and does something very unique. It's disgusting as hell. It's just a fun, fun ride. And an amazing score. Probably one of the coolest scores since. I mean, I've got my own little oh, Bible of scores, yeah, right? You, you got in the last 10 years or so, Disaster Pieces work on It Falls, one of my favorites. And then Rob's work on the Gretel and Hansel movie. Okay. Blew yes. my fucking mind. You know what's weird? So the kids watch this Tinkerbell movie and like there's this part in the movie. I think it's like the pirate princess one. And it's like this one part that sounds just like the music in Gretel and Hansel. 
It's like the same. Like, <laughs> That's funny. You've heard it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, the same. Yeah. Same couple notes or whatever. Yeah, it's crazy. I love that music. Yeah, so it's John Merriman who did the music for Honeydew, and it's just using his mouth, using the sounds of knives going across metal, using like a bowl of water, it sounds like. It's just really, really unique. All the instrumentation. Yeah, the company's just in insane visuals, which is great. Uh, Neil Berger's Voyagers came out. Oh, I really like that one. Which is a really cool, it feels yes. like an awesome teen thriller set in space, which is right up our fucking alley. It's like Pretty Little Liars <laughs> in space. In space. <laughs> in deep space. Uh, and speaking of which... can hear you <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. And then speaking of which... My desk is literally falling apart, by I the way. Know. I'm like holding it together. Leo, everything's gone downhill since the pandemic here in the uh, Speakeasy studio. <laughs> Von Stein's Every Breath You Take with India Isley. That India was... Isley from one of our other favorite I... teen shows. Yeah, The Secret Life of the American Teenager. Okay, yeah. in case you didn't know, Trevor did a song about The Secret Life when... I was obsessed with that. So that show, if you haven't seen it, aired on ABC Family from 2008 to 2013. Yeah. Probably one of the best teen shows I think ever made. Yeah, Lauren and I, it used to be our thing to watch this show. Wait, was I pregnant when... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was pregnant. I think with our, first, with our first kid, with Scarlett, right? Yeah. That would make sense. It's true. Yeah. So, Leo, yeah, um, there is a song. The secret life of the American teenager. <laughs> Holy shit, that's my favorite show. It's evidently my favorite show. Don't care what the You've had a lot of favorite shows. With boy covers, you can't go wrong. The secret life of the American teenager. It's like a Bruno. Oh, what was this? Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars? Yeah. Oh, the lazy yeah. song. Yeah. yeah. I love that you did the whole thing. The entire song. Yeah. Let the chorus play out with that. just lost like yeah everybody's gone everybody's gone and that was in reference to india isley yeah india isley yeah she played ashley ashley jurgens yeah i I love her man and it's so crazy that i had no idea that she was olivia's hussy's daughter that's right uh, god because i remember when i was in middle school you know they i don't know if it was english class you know you have to watch the movie romeo and juliet oh yeah the actual 1960s version and her mom was the star of that movie, and she's a beautiful teenage actress back then. And then, of course, we see her again in Black Christmas, and again, young, 20-something-year-old, beautiful woman, you know? And I saw that connection. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. Your mom's like super horror royalty there, you know? Part of a big movie. Yeah. And then India Isley went on to do one of the Underworld films, and then yeah. she did Look Away, which is an incredible thriller. Yes. If yeah. you're listening right now and you have not seen Look Away, check it out. You will not be disappointed. Yeah, it was good. 
also the unholy from ghost house pictures went to theaters and then over on shutter it's been there halfway to halloween month and it's just been out of control we had karina faith's the power come out Uh, oh that's 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 a favorite yeah yeah i was gonna say top top five of the year that's that's gonna be one of them for sure what did you like so much about that one leo i mean just the fact that she used the setting the lighting to set the mood for the film and make it really creepy just with darkness and then you have a spectacular actor rose williams carrying this film and again no cg no warping of voices no special effects it's just she plays it in her facial expressions and just i mean it's just the whole thing works you know to me it's like yeah i was creeped out and then at times you know i wasn't sure what was going to happen and of course there's a couple twists here and there and perfectly executed so man what a great movie yeah it's cool to see those like possession scenes come alive yes. without the assistance like you said of cgi and just using her her body and acting to convey that and they did it so yeah. well it's almost like more eerie then there was a movie that came out just recently called the banishing part of shutters halfway to halloween as well that came out last week at time of release and that was done by chris smith and he brought us creep and severance if you're a fan of victorian architecture and old timey shit someone in here is someone i know someone i know like that stuff it's on my list based on a true story the real life most haunted house in england called borley rectory and it's in essex it was built in 1862 damaged by a fire in 1939 and then finally demolished in 1944 things seen there include a ghost nun a headless coachman driving a carriage led by phantom horses that was all fun played a lot with uh, mirrors and then also premiering season two of creep show yes have, have you me- seen any leo i'm behind uh, on on that show but i'm looking forward to it for a couple of reasons so far i know there's gonna be at least three but there's two episode two dead uh, and breakfast episodes directed by our friend axel carolyn and she got to work with get this c thomas howell who one of the early uh, horror movies he made was Hitcher, which was so awesome with Rutger Hauer. And then also Ali Larder stars, stars in that episode. And the other episode, Greg Nicotero directed an uh, episode called Pesticide, which stars Keith David and one of my favorite actors, Ashley Lawrence, who is Christy from pretty much mo- most of the Hellraiser movies. So I'm looking forward to those two episodes. And then, of course, there's one, another one with Barbara Crampton I know after that. It's a very solid season so far, so I'm looking forward to watching the whole thing. Yeah, we checked out the first episode. The two segments were directed by Nicotero. It was so good. We watched them twice. Model Kid was the name of the first episode. And that starred Tyler Rushing, Kevin Dillon, and Brock Duncan. And that was about a monster-obsessed little boy. Remember we were watching it and talking about like how much heart it had? Yeah, it really did. It was like you almost cry while yeah, watching it. Yeah, it was really emotional. And you could almost tell that it's like a lot of Nicotero himself is in that episode because there's such a reverence for the classic monster toys and all the things that he talks about collecting and loving all the time. And he got to do his own spin on some of the classic monsters. I wonder if any of the stuff in there is from his collection. Oh yeah. There's all sorts of old like masks and Aurora models and lots of cool like Easter eggs. The name of the family was Aurora. I think. It was either the mom's first name or the family was Aurora after like Aurora model kits. A bunch of other little (laughs) things in there that were really cool Easter eggs. The set design 
was awesome. Like the little kid's room. Yeah. I, I want a room like that. It was a complete monster kid's dream. And then the second episode in that first, uh, well, the second part of that first episode was awesome. Ever, anything I've ever seen to do with Creepshow, even the films, this was one of my favorite things I've ever seen them do in Creepshow. Oh my God. So it was called Public Television of the Dead. It's an Evil Dead movie, basically. It's crazy. Oh, wow. Like literally, it pits that Bob Ross character who does the painting you know, on the public TV. He's so funny. <laughs> he's so, he's played so <laughs> funny. And it's a dude, he's like a dead ringer for Bob Ross. And he fights against the evil dead. The Necronomicon's in there. Like someone brings in the Necronomicon to one of those antique roadshow things. It starts like reading from the Necronomicon. And it's Ted Raimi who brings the Necronomicon in. It's wild. Yeah. Oh, wow. So many send-ups to evil dead, like Easter eggs all <laughs> over the place. And then it literally becomes evil dead four. It's crazy. It's so fun. Yeah, I was giddy watching that. Thank God for Creepshow, man. And then, yeah, we we ended up watching Axel Carolyn's episode, Dead and Breakfast, as well. Axel Carolyn is a master when it comes to anything involving old haunted houses. That's right. And she really got to play Yeah, she's great. There's a fun Easter egg. If you watch that episode with uh, Keith David and um, Ashley Lawrence, there's a scene. She posted a still shot of this on her Instagram. There's a scene of her sitting down in the chair. And there's a fun little Easter egg pertaining to Hellraiser sitting right on the table. I'll have to check it out. <laughs> yeah, we, we stopped watching after dinner and breakfast. We, we did fall asleep eventually. But uh, yeah, nice. we got to go watch that. And then, yeah, it's, I think it's Joe Lynch's who did the, the new Barbara Crampton one. But, dude, there's so much amazing horror out there. And we cannot forget, speaking of Barbara Crampton, the incredible Jacob's wife, her and Larry Fessenden, a stunning performance from Bonnie Aaron's without question going to end up on everybody's best of 2021's list. Find a way to see that one if you haven't already. It is beautiful, poignant, impactful, and some of the best vampire and creature work seen in years. I just wanted to emphasize again, Honeydew, just, uh, you know, one thing about that, uh, Malin uh, Barr performance, Barbara Kingley's performance was incredible. And then you have Sawyer Spielberg in his first feature-length movie, and he nailed it. Like, if you know, if you told me he was a seasoned actor doing this for 15 years. I would like, yeah, totally. This, this guy was great in the horror role. And I'd love to see all three of them do more stuff because that movie is just fantastic. I also say, I love Cruel Summer. Oh, yeah. Yes. Kiara Aurelia's new show, Cruel Summer. It's really cool. Okay, I'm a sucker for like teen as we yeah, As we've talked about, yeah. <laughs> Both Trevor and I. It's really interesting the way it's done and it, it moves all over the place and I freaking want to know what's going to happen. I've seen two episodes and I'm really interested in where it's going. Yeah, it keeps you guessing. It takes place over three, you know, three years in the 90s. Yeah, you know what's interesting about that? Totally not something I would watch, but watching those two episodes, watching uh, Kiara's performance, it sucked me in because it was so intriguing to watch her transformation over three years and her playing different personalities, different wardrobe, different looks, different attitudes, not just her, but all her friends and her family, you know, the way they treat each other is different. And I thought this is such compelling, you know, storytelling. I want to see more. So I'm definitely going to watch that till the end because I can't wait to see how this unfolds. Yeah. And as you said, they're administering all these drastic personality changes throughout those three years, but you don't, 
get to see why yeah. like the the events that transpire that cause those changes in each of those years stuff goes on and we, we get little pieces of it in every episode that's the magic of this series is yeah. that we're figuring out these what what made these drastic personality yeah, changes yeah cuz you go like right. what the hell like yeah. She's this way, and then like a year later, she's completely different. And her like, parents have changed, and their relationships have changed. It's so interesting. Which that does happen in real yeah. life. Like life changes very quickly in a second. Life can change, but right. it's interesting to watch someone else's life change so drastically in three years. It seems like she's three different people like three different lives are lived in each year i'm really excited to see where it's gonna go cruel summer on freeform and hulu go yep. check it out and where else are you gonna hear things like this American teenager. <laughs> holy shit that's my favorite show <laughs> Don't care what the fuck else is on. With Bully Kovich, you can't go wrong. The secret life of the American teenager. The Boo Crew will be right back. Now, living flesh and blood terror. Blood spilling, bone chilling, towering terrors in one twin thrill show. The Crawling Thing. As clutching terror reaches toward you, the scream you hear will be your own. It's too awesome to describe, too terrifying to escape, too powerful to stop. The crawling thing. Plus, from another world, the creature of evil. Half man, half monster, but all horror. Feel your throat grow tight with terror. Watch. Listen. Shudder. Die. The Creature of Evil. Can you stand to see the most gruesome twosome ever made? The Crawling Thing and The Creature of Evil. Produced in Hollywood by Maniacs. The Boo Crew. The spirit you've tried to contact is not in service. Please blow out the candles and try your seance again. Thank you. Go ahead, scream. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. Joining the Boo Crew via the Speakeasy Studios, an inspiring actor and storyteller. As a martial arts superstar, he had a career as a professional gold medal winning judo athlete for over a decade. Also studying wushu and taekwondo, his first feature film role was in the 2008 thriller Karma. In 2011, he was cast in a movie made by Gareth Evans, who wrote the Safe Haven segment of Bloody Disgusting's VHS 2. That movie was called The Raid. Some refer to it as the best action film ever created. He then crashed into the 
the world-famous Fast and Furious franchise and the 10-time award-winning sixth installment, creating some of the most memorable moments in the series, followed by the Oscar-nominated Star Trek Beyond, IGN Best Action Award-nominated The Night Comes for Us, and the Emmy-nominated Cinemax series Warrior, portraying Long Z's enforcer Lee Young, in which he was part of the most intense fight scenes ever on TV. Our guest's impact continues to change the way action films are made as an undeniable influence and inspiration for the generations to come as he carves out his own unique path, breaking boundaries and forging limitless possibilities. He brings to life the most famous villain in video game history, Sub-Zero, in the new adaption of Mortal Kombat in theaters in HBO Max, April 23rd. We are honored to welcome Joe Tazlam. Yeah! yeah! And there he is! <laughs> Amazing! Joe, man, thank you so much for taking the time. Congrats on this game-changing film. Now, just start it out, man. Directed by Simon McCoy, produced by James Wan, Todd Gardner, Larry Kazanoff, Atomic Monster in New Line Cinema. Not only is this film created by masters of the art of the action film, but it's also a collab of some of the most notable horror filmmakers in the world. Now, you got your start in the horror genre with Karma and a tremendous movie from 2012 called Dead Mine. What was your first experience like of seeing horror movies as a kid? Well, I, I remember when I was a kid, I'm, I'm the scary one. I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the, what do you call it? I always got scared with the, like watching horror movies. Yeah. I remember, <laughs> yeah, I remember my, my, yeah, I think my uncle, my dad took me to the theater and watched his uh, like Indonesian horror movie, which is, I think is very, very scary because the urban legend stuff. So I remember I most most of the most of the time I, I was in the theater I closed my eyes so I I'm I'm quite a scary cat. No, I get it, I get it. <laughs> you know, some of the best horror movies out there are Indonesian horror films. Most recently, we had movies like Impetigore and Satan's Slave. May the Devil yeah, Take yeah, You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How so, are, how important are horror movies and the stories in them to Indonesian culture? Well, Indonesian culture with, with you know those urban legends and uh, and the lore. So why why it's so scary? Because we believe, you know, most people in the we believe in the superstitious stuff, supernatural stuff. It's kind of part of the culture. So when you watch horror movies, like Indonesian horror movies, there's a part of you believe that could be in your room. You know, sure. and this long hair, long hair girl with this pale face, and the gown could be on top of on top of uh, something on the ceiling, like looking at you while while you're watching a horror movie. So that's why. You believe it's real. You believe it's there. That's why it's just different experience. You know, when you watch horror movies, you don't watch horror movies. You feel like you're inside a horror movie. <laughs> so that's why. It is legend that you got cast as Sub-Zero without doing an audition, which is amazing. <laughs> that said, where were you when you got the call with the offer to do the part? And who did you tell first? I was in Jakarta uh, in my apartment, and then suddenly I got the call. My agent told me that, okay, uh, we, we have something important that's really good news that you got a straight offer to be in Mortal Kombat movie. And then I thought like, you mean, you mean they wanted me to do audition? Like, tape? no, 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 no. This is like, you, you got the role if you want it. I mean, uh, which one? I mean, like, I mean, like Mortal Kombat. Okay, I know Mortal Kombat. I am a group playing Mortal Kombat. But which character you want? They wanted me to play, and then he said like Sub Zero. I was like, which one? Because we know we have two Sub Zeros. <laughs> oh, let me check. And they were like, oh, the original behind Sub Zero. I was like, oh my goodness. 
And then the first, the first person, like my kid, he was in the living room, Aww. and I was in the, I, uh, I was in the bedroom, like with the, my cell phone. I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, and I was just like, "Hero, you know Mortal Kombat?" Yeah. Like, if I am in a Mortal Kombat movie someday, do you think which character that fits me the most? He was just like, "Uh, you're Sub Zero," and I was like, "What the heck? What the fuck? I mean, what is going That's on?" Amazing. Like, this is, this is too good to be true. I was like, <laughs> why? You look like the guy, you look like the character in MK11 and MKXL. He, he, they look like you, the two, two of the cast from Mortal Kombat. I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, okay, it's it meant to be. <laughs> yeah. It's meant to be, and then it's destiny. And then I told my agent, you know, uh, guys, uh, I know you got to do what you guys going to do, a lot of stuff. But from my side, whatever it takes, don't lose this job. I want it. Oh, that's so great. And man, do you ever bring the passion to it? Leo, Leo, go on with your question, man, about that. Since you already come from a martial arts background, uh, what are the different fighting styles that you train for for this role? Well, in my approach to jump one movie to another, I believe that I don't want to bring too strict of my discipline to it because I know for sure in a movie you play a character could be a boxer or, or a samurai or a ninja or kung fu master like in the young or silat guy in the raid. So this one is, is Lin Kuei assassin, like Chinese martial arts uh, is his skills. So I trusted the choreographers a lot. I know a lot of my backgrounds in judo, wusu, silat, taekwondo. It's going to help me in terms of my muscle memory, my speed, my agility. But I got to believe I'm a Lin Kuei assassin. I cannot come there and, you know, believe I'm a Taekwondo guy or a Sila because that's kind of betraying the character. So for me, it, I got to have to empty everything, go to the set, watch the fight, and then watch the design. And then from there, we discuss. And I was, well, we got so lucky because we, we have really great choreographers, Chan and Anthony. I, I watched the previous. I was like, he, they, they said, like, do you want to change anything? I was like, what are you talking about? They're awesome, awesome fights over there. So, yeah, and then we train together, and then I try to, you know, like kind of attitude. The attitude is the most important thing. Now, people can punch, people can kick, people can do fights, but the attitude that shows with what, what type of a fighter you are. So in this one, you know, with all the research, Sub-Zero move, the way he looks, the way we move, the way when he, you know, frees the blood and step it back and turn and then throw. Those attitudes needs to be, you know, you got to research the way, the swag, the attitude. That's the most important thing. Wow, that's so well said. Because, yeah, one of the things that really comes across in the fight scenes that's very unique in this film is emotion. As a viewer, you can not only feel the impact of the hits, but you feel the intent behind them. Is that something you're constantly thinking about when you're filming those scenes too? It's very true. It's very true. Uh, since the raid, I think, uh, you know, that's, that's my school. I graduated from the raid. I learned everything there. I remember Gareth Evans, you know, in the process that the fight, a lot of people can fight. To tell story inside the fight, that's the hardest part. When you see a fight scene in a lot of like action movies, you know, people enjoy it, but people, you know, kind of like, yeah, that's good. But people don't feel anything because you gotta gotta you gotta give your soul in it. You gotta you gotta tell a story 
the people needs to see that oh Jaka versus Maddock in the raid oh he's losing or oh, he's confident oh he knows he's gonna die oh he's not he, like he's actually uh, confused those emotions those expressions that you know you show in the fight needs to be there so people doesn't enjoy the uh, people don't enjoy the fight as visual but people feel like they're inside the fight so i'm glad that you said that that you felt that you're inside the fight that you felt the emotion because that's the goal and then i really hope all the fans and the, the people when they see it they feel the same way about the fighting and we have here you get to face off against Hiroki Sonata, who's a legend, right? Trained with Sonny Chiba, Last Samurai, tons more. Now, I read an interview where he said at first, he was like, hey, I'm, I'm 60. I can do some of the fight stuff, bring in the stunt people, though. But when he got a chance to go up against you, he said, forget it. I want to do it all now. I want to go up yeah. against it. What is it about <laughs> fighting someone who is incredibly skilled that makes it so fun because I would think it's the opposite. If I'm going up against someone who's going to kick my ass, I don't want anything to do with it. What is it about you as a fighter that, that you like that challenge of going up against someone who's got all this skill? I, you know, <laughs> wow. Thank you so much. You know, I respect him so much. I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of him. It was, it was hard to fight him. It was hard to see him and with the look that I'm going to eat him alive with, with in the real life. I'm a huge fan of him. He's my idol. So I think it's all about energy, man. It's all about energy that when, when you come to the set and you, you kind of like, you put everything and it's infectious because people around you, they're going to feel it. So I think it's easier when you, when you go to the fight scene and a lot of people probably not into it. And then it's just, it's just a, it's just a work for, for me. I think he, he was, he was like that right? because like even the, the choreographer said, like he told me that he doesn't want to do all this crazy parts because you know he's he's not young anymore and then suddenly he wanted to do everything because because i think he felt the energy like he felt like he's young again you know mm. that energy that i feel like i'm 30 because well when i fight somebody even even though i respect him so much but when the camera's on none of them is gonna be there i'm just gonna give him the full speed the aggressions the energy if i have to you know crush you i'm gonna give it to you before i punch you because it's all about giving the energy so he felt that he was like no 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 he's, he's, he's <laughs> like a child. He's like, i want to do this so it was it was crazy it was crazy <laughs> it was so dangerous too right but we had so much fun and he is amazing in a real life like uh, you know i watch his movies but met him in person like so funny like and then he he's kind of like okay put your leg because i there's, a, there's one part that i have to put my 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 leg on top of like almost like to his head before i you know the part that i kick him to to the rock yeah and then he said i didn't want to do it because because th that's disrespectful you know like i'm asian he's asian and i'm a judo guy for 12 years like japanese values a lot of japanese values inside of me it's all about respect so i didn't want to do it right i was like i don't think I, it's just disrespectful. I don't want to put my leg on someone I respect so much, especially he's older. He's kind of like my sensei. He's like, what are you talking about? Put your leg on. <laughs> I was like, no, just do it. Just do it. I was like, ah. Oh. So it's crazy. You know, I think it's, it's mutual. You know, the energy is like, I'm throwing energy to him and he threw it back. So it's just like great, great dance. 
Oh, that's fantastic. That's a fantastic answer. And this movie is all about emotion and energy and having fun and the adventure of it all. And Joe, we're getting the wrap up signal now, but it's been a joy talking to you. We could do this for hours, man. Congrats on the film, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right. Enjoy the rest of the night. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. That was the Boo Crew Podcast, episode 224. Special thanks to our guest, Joe Taslim. At time of release, see Mortal Kombat in theaters and HBO Max now. Production tracks provided by Power Man 5000. Till next time, it's the Boo Crew saying, sweet screams. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at Tales from the Boo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shands and Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shands, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shands. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation, part of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Bye. A bloody disgusting podcast network, home of the Boo Crew, horror-centric interviews, SCP archives, weekly full cast storytelling, horror queers, genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective, and creepy or disturbing and terrifying creepy pastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out, and we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now.